Good morning, everybody. Good to see you in God's house this morning. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Come on, let's worship God together. You got to put your hands together for this one. We're going to check your rhythm out today. the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh Lord, we shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung upon that cross, then he rose up from the grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. When we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, yes, Lord. Cause we were the beggars, but now we're royalty. And we were the prisoners, but now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted. Redeemed by His grace, let the house of the Lord sing praise. Come on, sing it. And we were the beggars, but now we're royalty. We were and now we're running free. Cause we are forgiven, accepted. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. And our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely Shout out your praise, oh, we shout out your praise, Lord. 
today. Yes, happy Father's Day. Yeah. How's everybody doing today? Good, 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 good. You can be seated for just a moment. Yes, happy Father's Day to all the dads, the grandfathers, the uncles, and the spiritual dads that are in the house today. We honor you and are so thankful for you and our lives. And while I'm at it, let me just say a personal happy Father's Day to my guy. Yes, give it up for my guy right here. (laughs) The best dad. Yeah, I was thinking this morning as I was getting ready how you've been a father. Like literally, I mean, we have adult children now. I know it's so we went from and I'm not even an adult yet. I know (laughs) I dressed up like one today, but I'm really not. That's the truth. (laughs) But you are an amazing dad, and I honor you today. I know we're going to celebrate later um, with a homemade meal. All right, shout out to me. All right, but but, um, you are going to be honored uh, today because we love you you so much and are thankful for you. Thank you. So everything that you do for our family. Thank you, baby. I love you. But we're so glad to see you guys this morning. And if you are a, a first-time guest today, we just want to say welcome, welcome to Dothan First. And yeah. thank you for coming to hang out with us. I know we have a lot of amazing church here in the Wiregrass area, and you chose to hang out with us today. And so we are so grateful. And if this is your first time, I want to ask you to do us a favor today. In the seat pocket in front of you is this connection card. You'll fill it out and come after service, Mark and I and some of our guests, I mean, some of our leaders will be in the lobby to greet you out there in the high tops. And we'd love to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. Yeah. And those of us uh, that are electronically savvy, and I'll include myself in that, you can uh, use the QR code that's on the screen and uh, or D1 text. You can text D1 text to 84576. And this will give us opportunity to make a better connection with you. If you have a testimony of the goodness of God, you want to share that with us. If you have a prayer request, we want to know about that. If you'd like to sign up to be baptized or for our grow track, which is the really the after your salvation and baptism, grow track helps you get to what I would call the divine assignment of the Lord. We want to help you find the divine design, why God made you the way you're made and the gifts and talents and abilities, all those things. It's also the track toward membership and ministry here at Dothan First. We would be so honored if you would sign up and connect with us through our grow track. And of course, if you wanna dedicate a child to the Lord, that's the way to do that as well. And um, listen, I would love to just take a moment and give it up for all those who are joining with us online right now for the very first time from all over. Come on, let's give it up for them. Welcome. As well as those here in the room that are first time guests. We're so honored that you're here as well. And uh, I want to let you know, we got some very special things in store for you today. Uh, My dad's going to be sharing the word of God with you. And I believe it's truly going to be transformational as you hear how you can bless the family tree, and uh, it's going to be powerful. And I, I have to say a huge shout out to the, the last number of Wednesday nights. Uh, my dad has been leading this series and teaching this series called The God of the Valleys. And if you've not been able to be here in person, you need to in the coming weeks, in the last few uh, Wednesdays in June, uh, I'm telling you, it has been amazing. This last Wednesday, 
I heard the 23rd Psalm laid out in a way I'd never ever heard it before. And I grew up in, in church, and I promise you it's one of the most profound messages on death, grief, loss, and specifically when you're in the valley, where is God? I mean, it was powerful. And if you didn't have a chance to be here, you're saying, oh man, I missed it, it's too late. It's on Facebook, you can follow up and watch it. I know already hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have watched uh, online every Wednesday night. So it's just been a powerful series. You wanna catch up on those and do them as devotionals. And uh, you know, this coming week and then this Wednesday, you don't wanna miss that. Well, listen, I also wanna let you know we got something very special. Next Sunday, one of my heroes, Dave Reaver, is going to be with us, uh, a Vietnam veteran, veteran war hero that God literally spared his life when a grenade, phosphorus grenade, blew up six inches from his face. Most of his body burned third degree. There was hardly a chance uh, or a hope of survival. And God miraculously spared his life. And I want to let you know, not only will it be a powerful and challenging message that you'll be able to hear, but I'm going to encourage all of you that have connections to the military, please invite your friends, your, your, your those that are connected in that sphere of influence in the military. I know we honor our military uh, heroes and those who put their lives on the front lines of freedom. And we're gonna give away a warrior Bible to every one of our military that Sunday, this coming Sunday. So you don't wanna miss that and you do wanna invite as many as you can. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, but we got some fun things, some we fun family some things fun coming things, up. Some family things. Um, like you said, in the next couple of Wednesday nights, we're going to be in uh, where Pastor Dad is going to be teaching us about what you just talked about. But also on Wednesday, July 6th, everybody say July 6th. Yeah is our family day or evening at Waterworld. Yeah. Okay, this is for Dothan First Church family, and this is for all of us in here. And if you want tickets, we're, we're going to ask you. We're doing something different this year. So go ahead right now. If you know you're going to come and you want to come, there, take out your phone and get the QR code right. right there. I'm going to do it right now. Right go now. ahead, everybody take out your smartphone. And Just take so out. This, this put, will hold put it on your, your tickets for you. And then just and so, scroll yes. up so you can get that QR code yep. and then click that QR. We also have a sign-up um, table out there. Um, you'll see the balloons and everything, but we'll have the QR code. If you can do it that way, that will guarantee you for uh, a place for your family. And um, it's going to be a great night. We yeah. ran out the whole water park just for our church family. Yeah, and I want to just make it uh, clear because there has been, last year it, it went out on Facebook and uh, people started showing up from the city just presuming, well, Waterworld's free today. And, uh, and we had to turn time, so yeah. many away uh, because there, there's just no way you can fit that many. And of course, this was a, uh, our church family and we had scheduled for a certain number of people to be there. So tickets are limited and this is your entry. So if you don't do this, you may show up and say, hey, I'm part of Dothan First. Well, that's great. Did you use that QR code to get it? No so sorry we'll have to work on that next year uh, so we want to make sure everybody knows this is the way to get entry and uh, again it's gonna be a lot of fun you can uh, you know invite your your grandkids or whatever that's that's fine just make sure you make sure you put the, the number of tickets that you'd like and and we'll make sure to have those ready for you all right well I want you to know that beyond all the fun and family activities uh, we want to honor fathers in a fun way today. Yes, 
And we had a drawing out yes, front. If did. you did not, hopefully you signed up for that drawing. Uh, but the youth have been working very diligently to get together these chocolate covered pretzels. Yes. Absolutely amazing. And, uh, they've and, been... and let me just say a shout out to Go Pastor ahead. Lindsay right now. Because That's right. She, y'all may not know this. Uh -huh. Go ahead. Yes. And let me just tell you, because I was part of the little frantic 911 call, but um, for some reason in this city, um, I don't know, it's kind of like the toilet paper thing when COVID happened, but yeah. somebody's eating some pretzels because <laughs> we could not find pretzel rods. We thought we were going to have, and we couldn't have them shipped because, you know, they'd be cr crushed by the time they got here. So, I mean, this girl and uh, a couple of uh, the interns went out and scoured so these are, the city. These are blessed and treasured pretzels, okay? So if you're getting pretzels today, just know that it is a blessing. But That's right. There's going to be three of you dads today that are going to get these. For free. For That's free. right. For free. That's right. Okay, That's right. so let's see. Now, before we pick these, I do want to give a quick uh, info blurb that there are a few left, I think, still. Just a handful, maybe a dozen or so left. If, if you forgot your father on Father's Day, you didn't even know it was Father's Day, uh, you can get some, they, they may be available. If you run out, if you punch somebody on the way out the doors, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, well, <laughs> that, yes. Don't, don't do that, yeah, right? Yeah, don't do that. Okay, yeah. but I will say this very quickly. Our youth have been raising money to go to camp. And yeah. we have had like 80 sign up this year for camp. We've had to rent out two charter buses. That's, I mean, yes, that's amazing, yeah, that's right. guys. That's amazing. That's right. And I want to encourage you, if you'd like to give, maybe you're walking by the, 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 that pretzel area and you're like, I don't like pretzels, but I do like kids. You know what I mean? I want to give. I encourage you to, to give generously. And if you're making out a check or something like that, you can just put camp in the memo line or use that out in the kiosk to help them. I want every kid that wants to go to camp to be able to go to camp. All right, here we go. Right, here we go. go ahead and you draw. Want me to draw or you want to draw? I, I'll get blamed. Everybody knows how pure and amazing you are, but I'll get blamed if, if, if it gets chosen. And then... This is the first one. All right, here we go. Connor King. Connor King. Woo! Yeah. Yes. There he is. All right. It's, All right. it's coming so to you. It's, it's, it's coming to you. It's on its way. It's on its way. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Second one. Kenny Crooms. Where are you? Kenny Crooms. Where are you, Kenny? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Congratulations. In honor of Don Gulledge. Don. Yeah. yeah. All right. I love that. I love it. That was awesome. Well, guys, today, as we continue to worship the Lord in our giving, uh, as I said, I'm reminding you that we don't pass the plate, but we do have on the screen the five different ways that we get to give. And you can uh, use the giving box if you so choose to worship on the way out. If you have a check or something, you can put that in the giving envelope in the seat pocket in front of you. And just make sure you cor uh, correctly put the designations that you'd like. But more than just the way that we give, I want to tell you the reason we give. The reason we give is God so loved the world that He gave. It was the extension of His love that He chose to teach us the first step in love is giving. 
And I want to challenge each and every one of you, as I did in the weeks previous, to step out in faith. See if the Lord won't do great and mighty things. When you step out in the tithe, I've heard so many testimonies about uh, those of you who've stepped out in your faith giving, and God's blessed you, returned it back in ways you never anticipated. I, I believe that you can trust the Lord. He's given every bit of it to you, and, and so as you give back, this is the test to that, to that faith to determine how we can sow a seed to reach the world. You're not giving to the church, you're giving through the church because we're giving that to reach the world, literally through our missionaries around the, the, the globe. So thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to give. And church, as you're obedient to the giving of tithes and offerings, God's word says, prove me now in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. I proclaim financial increase on you and your households. I call for jobs to those who need or desire them. I declare favor and breakthrough in court cases, settlements, inheritances, and estates that are justly yours. Lord, today, I bless every dad in the house and every spiritual father in the house. God, we just pray a strategic blessing overtake them as they've walked faithfully caring for their families. God, I, I bless marriages and parents and children and their relationship. God, I just thank you that you're gonna do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine in our homes, in our lives, in our finances, and with our families. I pray that strategic blessing over them now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you as you give. And uh, today, as I said before, my dad is gonna be sharing the word of God. I'll, I'll let you know in advance that you can go online and uh, through whether it's Facebook or Instagram, or if, if you wanna follow that social media page, you can watch and rewatch these messages online and follow along. Also, if you have the YouVersion app of the Bible, you can go ahead and open that up because in the events section under Dothan First has all the notes for today. And I promise you, you're gonna to wanna to carry that with you in the days to come because you're gonna to wanna to know how to strategically bless your families. And uh, it's some incredible scriptures that'll really bless you and you'll be able to follow along. But today, I'm gonna officially introduce my dad and then I'm gonna, there's gonna be a short video to introduce today's topic. But I just have to say what an honor it is to turn this pulpit over to my dad. And I know he is truly the pastor of leadership development. There's a title and a role and the significance of his ministry. He and my mom, Carrie, where they literally lead leaders around the country. And we're so honored to have them right here to be pastors and leaders that he's been a voice of godliness in my ear through my years of ministry, going back to when I was a kid all the way through till this week even. And I'm so grateful for that. But more than that, the man of God, the integrity that he carries, the character, uh, the godly character that he possesses and walks in. And so friends today, it's not just that I get to turn this pulpit over to my dad. I, I get the, to turn this over to a hero of faith that you get to hear what I've heard my whole life, the strategy of God's blessing. And it's gonna be an amazing word today. So in a moment, 
you get, you'll, when, when this video is done, I want you to stand and give a huge round of applause to my dad as he comes and shares the word. But first, if you would, turn your attention toward the screens and watch this Father's Day video. It's hard to imagine where I'd be without you. The truth is, I've learned so much by simply watching you. I've learned what it means to care about people and put others before myself. I've learned how to live a life of integrity and have the heart of a servant. I've learned to honor God in all I do and seek His will for my life. Thank you for the discipline I deserved and the grace I did not. Thank you for guiding me, encouraging me, and picking me up when I failed. Thank you for living out your faith and showing me how to live out mine. As I look back, I can see moment after moment where your strength, your wisdom, and your love made all the difference. There's so much of you I carry with me, memories I treasure, and lessons I cherish. Today, Dad, I want to say thank you and let you know just how much I love you. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Let's give praise and honor to the Lord right now. Can we just give an ovation to him? Thank you, Father, for being Father to us. We are so grateful. Praise God. Amen. Thanks, Thanks for that uh, wonderful welcome. Good morning. And happy Father's, Father's Day to all the dads in the house and online. Uh, we are blessed to be fathers, aren't we? Come on, guys. We're blessed to be fathers, right? Mark and Michelle are such a blessing to us, a wonderful son and daughter, of course, to us, to Kathy and me, but also pastors to us. We sit under their ministry today. And I'm going to tell you, it is such a blessing. It really is. And uh, they're wonderful pastors. You met our, da- our daughter, Tammy. She was here on Mother's Day and her husband, Brooks. They have six kids. Mark and Michelle have three That's what happens with sibling rivalry. (laughs) But seriously, we we love our family, and it's growing. Here's a uh, look at the newest member of the Benson clan. This is the the newest grandbaby. This is uh, Adelaide Hope Richard, eight pounds and uh, one ounce, 20 and a quarter inches long. We now have nine grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren. And yes, the cost of grandparenting keeps going up. (laughs) And it's worth every penny. Amen, sweetheart? Yeah. When I thought about little Adelaide and her future and all the promises and all the possibilities in her life, I just, you know, I probably won't be around for all of the great things that are going to happen in her life. Uh, you know, her children, 
her getting married, her children. Maybe when she gets married, who knows, maybe, maybe we'd, we'd be around here hanging around. But, but I want to bless her and even her children and her children's children. The grandchildren that I will never meet in the future, I want to bless them. How can I do that when I never, I'll never even meet them? How can I do that? Well, this morning, I'm going to show you how you can bless your family tree. Every day, Kathy and I pray for our children and our grandchildren. We often name them one by one, and especially if they have something going on in their life, we'll name them. But we got 26 reasons to pray now. That's just our family, not including the other things that we, we pray about. So it starts to turn into a marathon prayer. And uh, now I know why my grandparents used to get our names all mixed up. I, I get it now. But sometimes I will just say, Lord, I just ask you, bless my family tree. Bless my whole family tree. Every limb, every branch, every twig, every little bud on that family tree. Just let the blessings of God flow to the whole family tree. But there are future branches of that family tree that I know nothing about. How can God bless those branches? Well, I'm going to show you from Scripture this morning how you can do that. You know, we preachers often have a key verse, and then we build off of that single key verse to point, your, point the way to some truth. But this morning, it's going to be a little different. I'm going to give you a tapestry of scripture that the Holy Spirit will weave together to show one powerful truth this morning. And uh, the passages that we read are going to be a little bit mysterious, so before we even read them, I want to clear up a couple things and give you some background, help to clear up the mystery just a little bit. We're not given every detail in the Old Testament history. But we are given pieces of the puzzle that God puts together when you read the whole thing. The same with the New Testament. It took four gospel writers to tell us the story of Jesus. Well, the first piece of the puzzle is found in Psalm 110. Psalm 110. If you'd like to turn there and read from your own Bible, whether it's the electronic version or the book version or whatever it is, we're going to have it, of course, on the screen for you. But could we stand in honor of God's word this morning? This is a psalm of David, and it is prophetic, not pathetic, <laughs> prophetic in nature, okay? Uh, we know David as a shepherd. We know him as a king, but he is also used many times prophetically. This is one of those times. Psalm 110, beginning at verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, now let me just pause. What is this? It sounds like, is God talking to himself? He's addressing deity. The Lord says to my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Okay, does that give you a little bit of a clue now? How many already clued in? You know where this is going already. Okay. God the Father is talking about whom? His son, Jesus whom we know, the Bible says, Hebrews 1, 3, and about three or four other passages, 
He is seated at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, in heaven. Okay. So, the Heavenly Father is addressing God the Son. Now jump down to verse 4. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek is just a title. It's not really a name, it's a title, all right? And it means king of righteousness. You'll see this in a moment. So to me, it's very clear that Melchizedek, already just from this one scripture, Melchizedek is the pre-incarnate Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. Theologians call it Christophany or Theophany, when Jesus or God appears in the Old Testament for a special reason. Okay, now, with that introduction of that title, Melchizedek, King of Righteousness, let's go on to the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 5. And this is more clearly about Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5, beginning at verse 5. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, this is the Father, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Verse 9, jump down. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, and being designated by God as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. All right, skip forward a couple of chapters. Hebrews 7, last piece of the prophetic puzzle coming together. And by the way, let me clarify before we read this passage. My message is not about tithing today, so don't get nervous. We're not going to take an offering right now. Now, if God wants to talk to you about that, that's fine with me. But... Uh, this is something even more profound than the idea of tithing or giving. Hebrews chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first, by translation, his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also king of Salem, which is king or prince of peace. Come on, tell me, who's the king of righteousness and the prince of peace? Come on, say his name. We know it, don't we? And there's other confirmations, by the way, that we don't have time for. He has no genealogy, no beginning, no end, uh, and his ministry is ceaseless forever. All right, so that gives you... Uh, definite clues about who this is. And finally, last piece, verse 9 of Hebrews 7. One might even say that Levi himself, who received tithes, Levi was the high priest, or was a priest rather, Levi himself, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, loose the power of your word to change us and to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to somebody before you're seated and say, Melchizedek is in the house. Just tell him. All right, forgive the, the lengthy reading of the scripture this morning. 
they are verses that you'd be tempted to just sort of blow past in your daily reading of the Bible. But there is a precious nugget of truth that I want you to see in a powerful application to every father in the room this morning. Everyone, of course, but especially to fathers in the house. Sometimes the richest of God's truths are in the details. Somebody said the devil's in the details. Well, let me tell you, God's in the details too. It took several passages from the Old Testament and the New Testament to find this truth, just like it took four gospel writers to give you the complete story of Jesus in the, in the New Testament. But here's the original story about Abraham, and it's found in Genesis 14. You can read the whole story on your own, but it's where the blessing begins. And instead of using the title Melchizedek, I'm going to substitute what the scriptures told us that the titles actually mean, all right? So Abraham discovered that his nephew Lot and Lot's entire family had been abducted or captured, kidnapped by a group of, of bandits or marauders, actually a marauding arm, army that was going around and, and uh, terrorizing places. Well, Abraham discovers this, and he called his men together and... Amazingly, they pursued the kidnappers, this marauding army, in, right into the middle of the night. It was a bloody battle. But Abraham rescued Lot and all of his family and all their possessions. And on top of that, they gathered up the spoil of the victory over these attackers. On the way back, the king of righteousness and prince of peace met Abraham with an unexpected surprise, a blessing. In gratitude, Abraham gave king of righteousness and prince of peace a tenth of everything he had recovered. And it's the first place we see the concept even of, of tithe, even before the law. There's no indication that Abraham was required to do it. The king of righteousness, prince of peace, didn't demand it, didn't, didn't even suggest it necessarily. But Abraham apparently recognized that his victory over these, this marauding army, this, these attackers, wasn't just his brilliant military strategy. He knew better. He recognized that every good thing came from Jehovah God, and he honored King of Righteousness and Prince of Peace. Now, turn the pages of history forward a few generations. Abraham gives birth to Isaac. Actually, his wife did that, but anyway... Isaac has a son named Jacob, and then Jacob has a son named Levi. So Levi now is four generations up the family tree from Abraham. And yet we read it in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, that Levi, listen now, he paid tithe to king of righteousness and prince of peace through his ancestor Abraham. What? Even though Levi was not even yet born, the seed from which he came was in Abraham. And when Abraham honored King of Righteousness and Prince of Peace, not only did he honor God, but he was bestowing honor in behalf of his grandson, great-grandson, Levi. Are you following this now? 
Okay, I'm not stretching the word, right? This is, this is what we see. And the Bible says that Abraham's act of generosity was credited to Levi. Abraham honored God and at the same time honored a young man that he had never even met. Levi came out of the womb blessed. Come on. With a blessing he had nothing to do with. He was born with favor because his great-grandfather honored God. And when Abraham honored God in that victory and was blessed, it was as though Levi had honored God and received part of that blessing. It was as though the life of God began flowing up through the branches of Abraham's family tree all the way to Levi four generations later. Now stop and think about this. And I know you know this is true. Every good or godly decision you make is, is being accrued to your descendants. I mean, just naturally we understand this. It's as though you open a bank account in the name of your children and your grandchildren that you've never even met. I've often heard believers, even non-Christians, quote a portion of Scripture that deals with the fact that the sins of the, the iniquities of the Father are passed down to the third and fourth generation of those that hate me, and so forth. And how many understand? I mean, it is true. How many understand that when we make bad decisions or people are bound by addictions or uh, dishonesty, whatever it is, it does impact generations to come. We know that, don't we? But that's not all of that scripture. It's not even primarily about a curse being passed down. Yes, the warning is there, but listen to the rest of it in Exodus 34, beginning at verse 6. The Lord, he says, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression for sin. And this one's not in your, in your uh, notes, but Exodus 20 verses 5 and 6 says, iniquity of those who hate God is passed down, but he says also, those who love God, his blessing is passed down from generation to generation. Deuteronomy 7, 9. <clears throat> know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments, listen, to a thousand generations. Family tree, you're talking about a big family tree. We're talking redwood forest here. We're talking sequoias. Have you ever seen those? Those giant redwood trees, I mean, they extend upwards. They go like 300 feet tall. You think about this now. How far does that tree sap have to travel from the root system to get up to the very top branches of that tree? The root system of that tree has to be so filled with life that the overflow of life in that sap is pushed all the way up to every branch, 300 feet up. How many, know, how, many want, how many want your faith and your family tree to be like a giant redwood for God? 
Pastor Mark, we ought to create a bumper sticker that says, I'm just a sap for God. <laughs> and church, listen, I'm not just talking theory here or theology. I've seen this to be true in my own life. Uh, I didn't get where I am by myself, let me tell you. I did not. My grandparents on my mother's side were godly, godly people. Many of you have heard me tell the story, so I'm going to leave out some of the details. But my grandparents were not rich. They both came from poor family, uh, farmer families back in Missouri. But my grandparents came to Jesus Christ right after they got married. 19 years old, 17 years old, was, that was my grandmother. Don't pay any attention to that now, Cameron. <laughs> and their newfound faith launched them on a journey of blessings, the overflow that touched their, each of their family, their family trees. And of course it included my mother, Dorothy, and my uncle Howard, her brother. But I have to say this is a part of our history too. My mother was hurt deeply by some people professing, professing to be Christians. And she drifted from her faith. And so when she married my father, he was not a believer, came out of the military and uh, fresh out of the war actually. And she married my father as an unbeliever. My father wanted nothing to do with church. She didn't want anything to do with prayer. We didn't have prayer over the meals or prayer at night when we went to bed or some of the things that you would think of as common in a, in a Christian home. We didn't have that, but here's the blessing. And I think I'm going to need some water, baby, in just a, a minute. Thank you, baby. <laughs> I love you, son. I love you, man. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. But even though I did not have a spiritual upbringing in my early childhood in Michigan, <coughs> excuse me, God had a way of getting that life from the roots of my grandparents' faith through the complicated branches of my family tree into my life. My grandparents met me every year on the last day of school and drove me from Michigan down to Missouri. And all summer long, they blessed me with stories about Jesus, reading the word, uh, praying with me. They prayed for me. Um, this was, they taught me, they, we went to church with something brand new as Walked in that door, I still remember, four years of age, and walked in, and this big giant of a man, Guilford Epperson, with these ham-sized hands, reached down and took my little hand and said, isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? And I had no idea what that meant. All I know is it must be really good, you know. And so it was there in Missouri. Every summer I went there from age four on. And uh, it was there in Missouri when I discovered my own faith in Jesus Christ at eight years of age. I still remember praying that prayer, asking Jesus to forgive me of sin, eight-year-old sin, whatever that was, you know, all of that sin, eight years of age. But I asked the Lord to forgive me. 
and I received Jesus Christ into my heart. And it was my grandmother who then made the arrangements up at a church in Michigan, in Detroit, where I was going to be picked up every Sunday for Sunday school to go to that church. And uh, there are many things that my grandparents did that I, you know, I had no idea, no, this, didn't realize the application of it until much later in my life. But I remember at four, four years of age, my grandmother giving me a quarter for me to put in the offering for the Sunday school class. Now, <laughs> and then during the church service, she would give me the envelope with their tithe and offerings in it, and she gave it to me for me to put into that offering tray. I didn't know that she was teaching me generosity by unconscious tuition. And then she would take me down to the steps of the altar, the the area by the platform that we call the altar, and, and she would put her arm around me and she would pray intently and she would pray for me. She'd pray in the spirit and then she'd pray in English, the words that I understood, and she'd always pray for me and she'd always pray for my parents. Later on, she would include my brothers when they came along, but that was quite a bit later. I didn't know that she was teaching me faith by unconscious tuition. But here's what I didn't know about my grandparents until after they died. While my grandfather was a truck driver working through the week at H&Q Truck Lines, Hannibal Quincy Truck Lines, my grandmother started a little business called the Sweet Shop. Everybody in Hannibal knew where the Sweet Shop was. It was the best fudge, best divinity candy in the whole city. And uh, I didn't know, though, until much later, I remember the Sweet Shop. What I didn't know was that the profits from that store were given to the church for their building program as that church that they helped to start uh, started to grow. I didn't know that. And years later, after they sold the sweet shop, my grandmother and the same lady from the church that helped open the sweet shop up <coughs> began to uh, another store they called the secondhand store. And that I'm sure it had another name, but it was called secondhand store. And it was primarily for the benefit of the poor that needed clothing and goods. And again, what I didn't know was that any and all profit went to the church for another building program. It wasn't until after my grandparents died that I understood the level of generosity and care and love for God and for other people that they had. God blessed them even though they gave so much away. And eventually, they were able to buy apartment houses and rent those apartment houses out. I don't know what they charged for rent, but I do recall an entire family whose house was burned down when I was there during the summer. And my grandmother let them stay in that apartment for free until they could get their lives back in order. I remember that. Another family, a widow with several children. She was an immigrant from France, could hardly speak English. And they took them in, gave them an apartment for free, and found a job for her so that she could eventually support her family. I remember that there were, I didn't know this at the time, but two little girls from different families were raised by my grandparents in addition to my mother and my, my uncle. I only knew them as Aunt Juanita and Aunt Yvonne. That's all I knew about them. I had no idea about their hardship 
or why they were no longer with their biological family or why they lived in my grandparents' home and we called them aunt. Folks, I didn't know all the investments my grandparents made in the kingdom of God until much later in my life. And I didn't know that I was born with a blessing. The life-giving faith of my grandparents and their generosity, it empowered a grace and a life-giving faith so powerful that it could take a quantum leap over generational lines and land on me. That with which they honored God became an invisible deposit of faith to my account. Can you just say hallelujah? All right, as I grew older, I began to see what God was doing through my grandparents. I realized it was my grandmother. I remember it was my grandmother who bought me my first little red accordion. Four years of age. Took me to my very first music lesson at four years of age. That's where I learned to read music and understand chord structures before I could read words. And she was igniting a spark. I didn't understand this then, but she was igniting a spark in my life that would mature to open doors of ministry in my life. They didn't know I would travel as an evangelistic uh, team with others and, and that I would be the one who would arrange the music. They didn't know that I would eventually become a minister of youth and music at a church in Detroit. They didn't know that I would pastor a church or that Kathy and I would pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan for 25 years or become a college president or any of that stuff. And believe me, I didn't know that. I was just a kid. And what they knew was that they were just investing in the kingdom of God, investing in a bank of generosity, investing in their grandchildren, investing in my branch of the family tree. They showed up for my high school graduation with an unbelievable gift. When I was in Hannibal, I was probably 16. One summer, my old music teacher, who we had stayed in contact with each other, invited me to now the the music studio that he now owned in Hannibal, Missouri. Albert Haug was his name. It was probably, he said, I want you to play this instrument a musical instrument that was being demonstrated back then, brand new. And it was called a cordobox. And it was an accordion, but it was wired for electronic organ, and it simulated a whole bunch of other instruments. I mean, it was like a one-man orchestra, right, with a big amp and speaker units. And I sat down at that demo, and I began playing. And before long, there's a little crowd that's gathering around, and and, uh, you know, my, my, my grandparents saw me light up, and their eyes lit up. And when I found out how much this piece of equipment cost back in the day, uh, it was approximately $2,000, just, just a little under, like, 1999, whatever it was. And I knew it was way out of my reach. There wasn't going to be any way. I mean, that'd be comparable today to about $18,000 in today's dollars. But guess who showed up at my graduation, my open house, with three giant heavy packages. I still don't know how they got it all in their vehicle to get there. 
My grandparents were not that wealthy, but they started sacrificing the moment they heard me play that instrument. And that chord of ox, it traveled literally around the country, all over the United States in ministry during those early years of my ministry when I was just the, I was the music guy. That's who I was. The uniqueness of that open doors that I never would have gone through. What I am telling you, church, is that I was drawing blessings out of a heavenly bank of grace where my grandparents had made rich deposits. And even today, I am walking in the blessings that overflowed from them. My grandparents couldn't contain it all, and their generation couldn't hold it all. Their cup ran over, and it spilled all over me. Hallelujah. And fathers, this is what happens when you're faithful. Mothers, too, this is what happens when you're generous, when you put God first. It wasn't about material costs, as great as it was. Lots of parents, let me tell you, lots of parents and grandparents give their grandkids or kids a bundle of cash, and it doesn't produce anything but trouble. Come on, you know. There's rich people, they've got so much money they don't know what to do with it, and their lives are a mess. It was the faith they handed down that connected God to the blessing. Listen, you can bless your family tree. Hear me this morning. Your children and your grandchildren can step into the blessings and into the favor of God. What you can't contain can flow into every branch of your family tree. Let me show you how powerful this principle is, this idea. Your kids and your grandkids may never understand it, may not even appreciate it, but God in his mercy can still bless them even if they don't appreciate it. Now listen, the truth is your kids and your grandkids can make some serious mistakes and God in his mercy can still bless them. Aren't you thankful for God's mercy and his patience? You see, Levi was far from perfect. In fact, he made some serious mistakes in his life when his sister Dinah was abducted and taken advantage of by a man named Shechem. Levi was so angry and he wanted revenge. And his father warned him not to do it. He ignored Jacob's advice, but he planned an attack through trickery that I'll not take the time to, to, to deal with, but he planned an attack with his brothers and some other men, and he didn't, listen, he didn't just kill Shechem, he killed every man in the entire city. Every man in the entire city. Jacob was so angry at Levi that when he was dying in Genesis 49, he pronounced a curse over Levi. He said that because of your anger and your bloodlust and your spilling of so much blood, you and your descendants will be cursed to live a hard and burdensome life. I mean, the future of Levi looked dark and bleak. He lost the blessings because of his rebelliousness and his poor choices. But later... 
Years later, when Moses came down the mountainside with the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and he saw the people and they're partying and revelry and worshiping a golden calf and doing a bunch of ungodly things, Moses cried out, who is on the Lord's side? Who is going to take a stand to honor God? And the sons of Levi rose up and they said, we are on the Lord's side. Understand, they rose up against the culture of their moment. Now listen to this, it's so important. Some of you in this room may feel like you have made so many mistakes, you've made so many wrong choices that you're cursed forever. But here is the rest of the story. After being cursed by their grandfather, after their father Levi had made all these mistakes, you would think their fate is now sealed. The blessing has been cut off. But five generations back, their great-great-grandfather Abraham honored God and blessed God and gave him glory for the victory, and it was credited to their account five generations later. Moses said to the tribe of Levi, from now on, you have taken a stand for God, and from now on, you will be blessed. You will have the highest spiritual position. They were cursed by their grandfather, but in the book of Leviticus, the whole book is focused on the Levites and the Levitical priesthood. Their father made serious mistakes, but the sons ended up being consecrated to full-time ministry in the tabernacle. Think of it. I've got good news this morning. There are generational blessings that can override the mistakes you've made. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. God can override the negative things that have been said about your life. He can put you on a pathway to the favor of Almighty God that cannot be stopped generations later. When you turned to God, when you took a stand for God, when you represented Jesus with acts of kindness and giving and generosity and sacrifices, the blessings of God started flowing through the branches of your family tree. Your family line is going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, and your generations are going to see God's blessings as ways they may not understand and even ways they may not deserve. Mercy for mistakes. Blessings instead of a curse. Some of you in this room, you have children, grandchildren that have drifted from God. Maybe you have family members that are making bad decisions this very hour. Don't you give up praying for them. Don't you give up on that. Don't give up believing God in their behalf because I'm telling you, they're coming back just like Levi's family did. Philippians 4.17, Paul talks about mercy, the mercy of others being credited to our account. We read it in Deuteronomy 7.9 about God storing up mercy for your children and for future generations. He's talking about you. He's talking about little Adelaide, Kathy. No, we cannot hand down our salvation. That's an individual response that every person has to make. But we can, down, can hand down the blessings of God from generation to generation. Sir, you think nobody notices when you bless 
your sick neighbor by mowing his lawn? Mother, you think nobody noticed when you served again and again in the nursery? Young people, you think nobody really cares? It doesn't really matter when you're out there holding that sign and giving a big smile and welcoming people into the house of God? Brother, you think no one noticed when you went the extra mile at work without expecting some extra reward for it? Or when you were honest, when not being honest would have been better for your uh, pocketbook? Maybe you think nobody noticed when you had a rotten attitude or a rotten day, but your attitude was good. I'm telling you, he noticed. God noticed. He noticed when you sacrificed for the building fund so that we could improve what we have down in the Family Life Center today for our children and our, our youth. He noticed. He noticed when you gave money that you could barely afford to some missionary or to some needy family, even in this church or to the Hope uh, Center or the Convoy of Hope. I'm telling you, God notices when no one else notices. And God can forward that blessing to generations that follow. And I'm telling you, guess what? He'll, he'll bless you too. He'll bless you. How many can testify that's true? God will bless you even when you're investing in others. Solomon was another example of the next generation making mistakes. He was making poor decisions again and again. For the sake of treaties with ungodly nations, he married all of these, these wives and so on and so forth in order for this temporary peace to be uh, brokered with all these other nations. The problem is they brought their idols in with them and now the worship of idols was in the kingdom. And God said to Solomon, you've sinned in the sight of God. I, I would remove your scepter However, for your father's sake, you will receive mercy. If you will but walk in the integrity of your heart as did your father David, you will never lack for one to sit upon the throne of Israel. Turn the chapters forward 305 years after David is gone, eight generations removed. And one of David's descendants is now on the throne. His name is Hezekiah. Jerusalem is surrounded by an army that is bigger than they can withstand there's no way out. Enemies on every side. It looked like it was over for the nation. But God sent an angel and destroyed 185,000 of the attackers. The enemy was defeated and Hezekiah and the whole nation was spared. And can you imagine Hezekiah looking up into the heavens and saying, What on earth, Lord, did we do to deserve that blessing? And God said, Hezekiah, it wasn't anything you did. But there was a man in your family line by the name of David. He honored me with his life and his praise and his psalms and his faith. And he stored up mercy for you. And you're walking in the blessings that were deposited into your account. Dads, I'm telling you that there are people in your family line who are going to see mercy because you honored God. You deposited something into an account of a generation you may never even see on this side of time. And someday in heaven, you just might meet somebody. Kathy, we just might meet Adelaide's grandchildren and hear their stories of an undeserved and unmerited favor of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, church, that when no one else sees it, God sees you when you resist temptation. 
He sees you when you pray for your three-year-old little daughter and for the husband that she will meet someday many years down the road. He sees you when you put your arm around your son and you teach him the ways of God. He sees you being faithful in your stewardship. He hears your prayers for your family. And he's not only going to show you blessings, but the overflow of your blessings is going to bless your children and your grandchildren. And I close with this. Many years ago, Kathy and I were just teens in our youth group. We had a youth pastor by the name of Bruce Gunn. He had a story that was not unlike that of Levi. He grew up in a home with an alcoholic father who died prematurely. His mother was a godly praying woman after she came to the Lord. But the three boys that were in that home were hellions. Every policeman in the whole Brightmoor area of Detroit knew them by name. Their last name was Gunn, by the way. And yeah, it was a fitting name, G-U-N-N. And they would stay up all hours drinking and carousing and getting into trouble. But when they would come home, they would have to walk by their mother's bedroom and hear their mother praying for them by name. And they were deep, they were convicted by it, but they resisted the Holy Spirit. And here's the part of the story that's hard to understand. Their mother passed away without ever seeing the fruit of her prayers. Now listen to this. And yet one by one, each of them came to salvation. All of those kids came to know Jesus Christ. Two of them became pastors. One was our youth pastor on the left there. That was Bruce Gunn. The other one planted a church in Wall Lake, Michigan. That was his brother, Jack. And some of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren are in ministry today. Though that mother never saw the fullness of the blessing over her family on earth, I am pretty sure there was rejoicing in heaven when it got, the news got around that there was one who repented by the name of Gunn. When I think of how blessed Kathy and I are with all our children, our spouses serving God, all our grandchildren walking with Jesus, along with their spouses, 11 in ministry counting their, their spouses, we look back and we thank God for the blessing that was paid forward. My grandparents don't have the time to tell you about Kathy's father. He was my Jethro in my life. And who knows how many others have been a, a blessing that overflowed, that their blessing overflowed to us. I, I couldn't tell you. There are people that I don't even know to give credit to. I think that there's a lot of people who deposited blessing into my account. And now, listen, it is up to me, it is up to me, and to Mark and Michelle, to Tammy and Brooks, and the generations that follow, to keep the family tree alive and the blessings of God flowing. I'm now 75, and some things don't work as well as they used to, like my memory. My mind keeps making contracts that my body can't keep. But I'm going to tell you, I want to live my life in such a way that many years from now, three, four, five, ten generations from now, the overflow of my blessing will touch the lives of those that I will never have the privilege of knowing on this side of time. And someday, 
I want a descendant that I've never met to experience blessings that he or she can't even understand because I honored God. We can either be a source of life and blessing, or we can get sidetracked with the petty offenses, seek revenge like Levi did. We can compromise our life and give in to temptations like Solomon did and put a roadblock in the way of God's blessings, or we can be a source of blessing. I am challenging you today, challenging you to make your life count for God, to pay it forward, because you have an impact on generations to come. You can pass down the favor of God through your love and your generosity and your faithfulness and your humility, or you can pass down dysfunction and problems and dishonesty and bitterness and division. And maybe that's what's been passed down to you folks. Maybe that's all you got. Maybe you may not have had much goodness or godliness passed down in your life. I get it. Say, I really don't have much to give. No, no, that just means God has chosen you to begin the blessing on your family, on your family tree. Come on. You can be the one to bless the descendants and your family tree with the favor of God. In fact, let me just say this to every single person in the room. You can be the one to start a spiritual family tree. I'm going to tell you, Kathy and I have been blessed by some single ladies, Gladys Pearson, Naomi Dowdy, just to name a couple of them. They have hundreds, maybe thousands of spiritual children and people that they have led to Jesus Christ. Whoever you are, you have the power of blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ, release it to your family tree. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of blessing. We want to be a conduit of your love, of your grace, of your power. Holy Spirit of God, convict us of anything that would hinder the blessing so that the fullness of God can flow freely and so that generations to come would experience the overflow of your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name. Please keep your heads bowed for just a moment. This message was meant to bless you, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit also wants to convict us so that we can, so that He can change us. If you want God to change you, to reshape your life, to do a new work in you, to break any power of Satan's influence over you or over your family, I'm gonna pray with you in just a moment and we're gonna believe God together for transforming power delivering power and so whether the Holy Spirit is prompting you just to renew a right spirit in you to get right as David prayed it or whether you've never known Jesus Christ in your life in a personal way God wants to touch your life and if that's you I'm going to give you an opportunity to simply lift up your hand and indicate by the uplifted hand pastor I agree with you and look, I promise I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I'm not going to call you forward. But I am asking you to make a commitment. And that's why I'm asking for you to lift your hand. But we're going to pray this prayer together. If you sense the Holy Spirit is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, it's you. 
then I'm going to ask you to be included in this closing prayer by simply lifting up your hand. So all over this room right now, whoever you are, if you want to be included in this prayer, would you just lift your hand up right now? Say, Pastor, that's me. Just lift your hands up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Up in the balcony and on the main floor, even those who are out there online, you're responding. Whoever you are, responding to God. And I, Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you join me in praying this prayer out loud with me? Everyone join me in praying this prayer out loud. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I humble myself before you. I repent of any sin or any hindrance to the grace of God. Release the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. The power of the Holy Spirit over my family. I break the power of any curse over my life, whether words or deeds, in Jesus' name. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit to walk through the door of blessing and bring others with me, and I will give all the glory, all the honor to you, Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Can we just give praise to the Lord right now? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What a powerful word. And today, we want you to be a part of that blessing. And this worship team in a moment is going to sing that blessing over you. But it's more than just a song. It's the heart of worship that you bring to the Lord. And I'm going to invite our elders to go to their various prayer stations at this time. And if you made that commitment, that decision, yours today, if you prayed that prayer, you meant business with God, I want you to know we want to help you in your journey of faith. And I'm going to encourage you to simply text D1WALK to the number 84576. What that's going to do is we're going to send you a, a quick link to a downloadable copy of a booklet called One to One. It's going to help you in your journey of faith. We want to help you to have the biblical steps to take from this day forward. And we have our el your elders there in the back near the exit sign there, in the back near the exit sign here, up in the balcony over here. If you need prayer for any reason, maybe it's a financial need or a miraculous healing need or whatever it may be, friends, God is here and He wants to extend the blessing to you. Would you stand with us? Let's worship the Lord together. And as we do, I'm going to invite you to slip out from where you're at and go to your elders and receive prayer. If you have a need today, let's worship the King together.
And then 
just to extend your hands out like you're ready to receive a blessing from the hand of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that same sacrificial, generous love away to your coworkers and to your, your neighbors and to your family, to your spouse, to your kids, to your grandkids, to your great-grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing, to give away the love that you've been given. And may you bless your family tree. And until Jesus returns, may that blessing extend to every, every branch of your family tree, both the biological family tree and the spiritual family tree. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many thank God for the blessing, the goodness, the grace of God. Well, friends, today, if it was your first time here, we're so delighted that you chose to worship God with us. And I'm going to dismiss some of our leadership team. We're going to head back to greet you. And if you'll take that connection card and just hand that to one of us, we'll be glad to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. Don't forget to have that photo booth picture with dad if your dad is here. And uh, hey, can you do one more favor for me? Can you take a moment, give it up for such an amazing and deep and powerful word that my dad brought today. Can you just thank God for him today? What an amazing word. Thank you on this Father's Day. I love you, dad. Well, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday and the next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.